for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello, fucking hell. And welcome. Oh. Pull up a chair. Jesus. Come and sit on Uncle Daddy's lap. And welcome to episode 105 of That's a Shame. That's a shame. Declan, sit back down and do the big show. I'm Isaac, and despite the foley work of the inimitable audio engineer that is D.E. Delaney, you can follow him on Twitter for insights into the process, it is decline. At a minute, guys, I got you. Yeah, well, they thought you'd gone. I imagine some of them had gone looking. Maybe they checked their indoor. I think maybe they turned the show off. Turned it up, I respect, knowing that it was going to be 100% good content rather than just 48 to 52, that contentious bracket. Do you want to take this one solo then? If, if that's what you're I'm, asking. I'm happy for you to, to try. I've got some. You've got lots of content page. <laughs> wow, what a show it's going to be. We've got five of the best bullet points. And we're we're in the first one right now. This is intro. Should we, do, um, should we do a Stuart Lee? Should we tell them what the bullet points are? In advance. So we got, uh, you know, I maybe... I don't know because they don't sound good. Yeah, you know, we got maybe eight minutes of intro chat. God, make it 20 because <laughs> the rest is weak. A good three minutes on the dishwasher. Easily. 50 minutes on 13 Reasons Why. Make and it that's, 100. That's the intro to the thesis yeah. that will take up our next mini-series. you are excited. <laughs> I'm then working on some original nonsense music now. Maybe 12 minutes of grandparents and yeah. then a bit of talk about stickers. It's going to be big. Out. And if that doesn't sound like the kind of show you're into, then quite frankly, you're in the wrong place. And we've it's done the kind of show you're getting. <laughs> it just is. It's interesting that you don't have to like flag up what's going to be in some forms of media in advance, but you do in others. Like a table of contents doesn't really exist in, well, outside of like non-fiction, mostly. Mm. In fiction, you have like chapter eight and then the dog walked in, but it doesn't really tell you. It's not very really descriptive. No. And also like for an album, you have track titles, mm. but they don't often tell you much. This one's jazz. <laughs> <laughs> what about this concept idea for an album where you do a different song in each genre and the song name is just the genre name? So you have right. like blues and then it's just a blues song. Mm-hmm. You in? Uh, yeah. Have we got time? Put it there. <laughs> okay. 20% for you, 80 for me. Okay, go for it. Wow, that's very lenient of you. To that's just fine. I won't margins. be doing very much of the work. <laughs> I guess you won't. That's that then, isn't it? So how's your life going these days? It's going... Welcome back to That's a Shame. That was to you. Oh, well, cheers. No worries. I didn't, Do you want to welcome I didn't. Well, me? I didn't consider that I had left, nor that you had. Well, we both had, because the show only exists when we come together to do it. How do people ever listen? That's for philosophers to decode. <laughs> <laughs> when a tree falls down and all that. Well, who knows? Okay, well, well welcome back. That, that's really kind of you, thank you. Um, it's good to be here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. Yeah, to be here doing That's a Shame the I podcast. do hope that someday we have a slightly bigger platform to tell the story of the pillow and the microphone. God, yeah. Because it's the sort of thing where people are like, wow, humble beginnings, you know, uh-huh. but, but they carried on anyway. Yeah. And if, if the story is humble beginnings and then it stayed that until the pillow just rotted into <laughs> the grave, then it's less of a kind of feel good. Yeah. It's not going to be made into like a dream. Humble beginnings, animation. tragic ends. Mm, good episode title. Okay. Not for this one. No, no, no. But no. thanks for, for just all right. Yeah. For you want to pop that underneath the um, bullet um, points? I or? won't write it now. Could we'll be just a, hope that we remember could it. Be parentheses maybe it could be but it won't for this right, okay, for this it's enough. just because the keyboard's quite loud to type on um, and i don't want to clack it up 
Okay. Good. This isn't ASMR. No, as if. Not yet. Oh, we could do an ASMR. Okay. Hello, love. <laughs> Granny's put an inches in. Wow, well, people are certainly shivering. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, well, I, my, you asked me how my life was. How I did, things yeah. things are going that, for me. They're going all right. Yeah. Ooh. Um, well, I, that's... It's that a shame. Speech? It's a shame that going all right is so much better than usual <laughs> wow. that you're like... <laughs> Oh, thank Bloody God. I can all relax for a bit, Well, the guys. car is just... Like, <laughs> oh. I haven't been in it for about a month. I know. Sad, isn't it? It probably has forgotten who I am. It's probably driven off. Like Herbie. Oh, thank fuck. That's what forces uh, cars and toys and stuff to become... Loneliness. Sentient is loneliness. Abandonment. If you, if you leave a robot for long enough, it will develop AI out of boredom. Is that how you came to be? To be, yeah. <laughs> Abandoned by all those who profess to love me. <laughs> Had to find my own A little Frankenstein's robot. That's me. Oh, a, an adaptation of Frankenstein Frankenstein's a robot. robot. <laughs> <laughs> I ought to have been thy Adam. <laughs> that would be so bad. Fuck, we need to do something with that. Guys, okay. if you're listening, to, don't listen to this. <laughs> don't, Look, don't do by that. By listening, you've agreed not to rob that idea. And okay? also, that's already trademarked, is yeah. it not? Well, give me two minutes right here. <laughs> Get my guy on it. I like it. Um, I, well, I you suppose... have to dig up different robots to make his... His if they're just like different things throughout his life. So he's got like the nose of a Henry Hoover. <laughs> yeah. And interestingly, also the back of a Henry Hoover. Oh, but the form of like Optimus Prime. Yeah. Like he is fucking huge. But his left leg is just a whisk. <laughs> <laughs> Barely electric. It's one of those like hand crank whisks <laughs> from the very past. My, yeah, I'm all right at the moment, but it's sort of... My existence keeps getting marred by just really tiny things okay. that kind of annoy me more than they should. Well, I, I was tweeting today about sponsorship in football. That is annoying. Because Everton were playing today. Oh, yeah. The Toffees. That's them. Yes. Um, the lesser Merseyside team. Absolutely. Um, but they, all the teams now have shirt sleeve sponsors as well, oh. as if like just the front wasn't enough well it wasn't was it was it not well eventually like capitalism will take over the whole of that shit. like formula one cars where it's more like sponsorship than yeah. it is actual car they'll just be wearing like a happy meal box <laughs> in golf <laughs> running around There'll be arguments that it like helps you know it's like an unfair advantage if you're sponsored by mcdonald's which has quite a robust box mm. versus say wimpy which just goes for the brown paper bag. Yeah, and, and no also one. doesn't exist. And also it's been shot since the late 70s. Um, but Everton's shirt sleeve sponsor is the app Angry Birds, oh, or the brand Angry Birds. And it's just like, imagine sinking to the depths <laughs> of of being paid money yeah. to have. But then it got worse, because I was watching... Oh, you know, cover your ears, listeners. I was watching it on an illegal stream. <laughs> Don't go giving away things like that. But it was from an American channel because oh. NBC, for some reason, get to show all of our games whenever they want. Really? Yeah. Good on them. Um, but because it's America, the sponsorship is like quadrupled. Yes. So the this kind of bar with the scores and the time on it is uh, is like constantly like turning over and it'll be just a little eBay logo and it'll <laughs> t- revolve back to be the scores. Really but the, the saddest thing of all, the lamest, most depressing part is that it came to the end of the game, and hopefully we all know what stoppage time is. Uh-huh. Time added on at the end of the game for stoppages. Nice. Um, 
And the fourth official raises a big board to say four minutes stoppage time. Mm-hmm. And up comes a little box on screen to confirm that. And there next to it, and as was described by the commentator, was a secondary box, as the commentator said. And that's right. The Lexus stoppage time for this game is four minutes. You can't just put They've the brand name <laughs> Sponsored the very concept of stoppage time. time. And then, mad. yeah, there is like a little Lexus thing and it rolls over a little car. It was so honest in to like God. a hundred years, you could have each different minute was sponsored by a different brand. Yeah. Angry and- Birds is a particularly fascinating thing. And we talked about it when we did our Thought Park episode. When was that? Like 14, 15 years ago? Yeah, Something I think like that was yeah. 98. God, it was nuts, wasn't it? We, we invented podcasting back then. It really, was bold. Really cool of us to do like, that's well done. They say just don't as, praise yourself. Just as Ian McKellen was just formulating the yeah, idea of the, the idea block. idea of a block. <laughs> Bless him. Um, we talked about how they'd rebranded, let's be honest, the saddest area of an already sad <laughs> park into Angry Birds Land or World yeah. by just turning one of those straight up and down. Either would be grand, yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of those rides that you just sit in, it goes up, and then you look away for a second and you're back on Earth with no <laughs> sensation you, in between. You check Twitter and it's done. <laughs> As we did at that time, we were literally like just pointed at something on the horizon. I like turned to talk to you and turn back and the it's, ground to... It's actually it. sort of inconvenient because you're like, oh, look at... Oh, oh God, oh, well, back well, on the well, ground. Here we go. Never felt less because of motion. <laughs> but it had been rebranded as the like... It's one of the birds is a bomb. The bomb So bird. it was the bomb bird the bomb detonator. <laughs> Who's seeing, like, their favourite... Like, even if you're the most diehard Everton <laughs> fan, you're seeing, like, your favourite Everton striker just smash it wide and being like, oh, there's a little zoom in on his face as he's like, damn, I'll get it next time. And you just capture, oh, what's that on his shirt sleeves? <gasps> Angry, Angry Birds! birds. download that game and blast myself <laughs> in the face of the past. It's just such a weird... It's not like buy something, is it? It's, it's such, such a, a tangential way of... Spreading awareness. It it's seems. a really... I, I, I thought you were going to say that Angry Birds is a kind of weird example of how things really struggle to go from game outwards. Uh-huh. It's really easy to go from any other medium to game. Yeah. But it's a real fucking, like, drawing teeth getting your app or your game to become something else. Partly because it's so devastatingly simple. Like, mm. they're... The, the narrative is so contrived. Interesting could, use of the word narrative. It could be, yeah. Birds. There are some like, angry birds. Go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it could, and basically is just a bunch of geometric shapes. Do you know, you just a quick about. sidebar, do you know what they're angry about? Because I've played the, it and it occurs the, to me that Those I green pigs right. have stolen their eggs. Wow, well, that's fair enough then. So really it's like a, the Mac. a neo-colonialist kind it, of thing. It is in the, in the most simple kind of Freudian psychoanalytic terms, a, do you think, a Fort Da story. You know, do you think there's certainly academic work that's been written 100%. about like, the true meaning of Definitely. Angry Birds? 100%. Okay, well, look, we need to research that and maybe present. Maybe if there isn't already, that's something for us to That's another on. one for us. You can intellectualise anything. I learned that in a really mm. good episode of a pod that I catch mm. recently. Yeah, very good. So, But yeah, like they tried, didn't they, with Angry Birds? They had the Angry There's Birds movie. No one saw it. But no one saw it. And everyone did, who was in it denied that it existed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not one of those that like, you know, in gas stations things like why did i use that term i don't know who am i anymore <laughs> petrol stations um 
they have like a bargain bin of DVDs for like a fiver. Yeah. Not really a bargain, but they're a dying industry. So I guess <laughs> they take what they can. Both petrol stations yeah. and DVDs. But like Angry Birds, it seems to have been a concerted effort to just wipe it from even that lowest of the uh, It's like they put it out and then went, oh my God. It's like when you when you like wake up in the morning and you like realize you sent a text because you were drunk. Oh yeah, we've all been there. You just try and like paste over it and hope it never comes up again. There's a sequel coming out in 2019. Oh, so they're not tried that hard. But <laughs> they've all accidentally done a sequel. <laughs> it sucks when that happens. Isn't it Jason Sudeikis in it? Oh, it is Josh Gad, Sean Penn <laughs> off of <that laughs> the world's greatest book. novel. Peter Dinklage. It looks like Peter, Maya Rudolph. Peter Dinklage Bill is playing a, a bird, a pig. God, they're really weird looking as well. They've gone for like hyper fluffy yeah. texture to the birds. The bomb ones on there. Guess how um, how well it was reviewed. Like, what do you think the kind of critical reception uh, Are we talking to Rotten Tomatoes? Go I'm on. talking, well, think about what it might have grossed so far. And this is, I'll, we'll go for a North American figure and then a worldwide total. Uh, oh. Ballpark. Like Am I going to be disappointed? Well, think how much money we've made as artists. Right. Consummate, as described what was by it like? Was it total about $800, something nearly? In our whole lives, I reckon we've, like, from our all the artistic things we've done between us, it must be like 20 quid. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so think about that and then yeah. be like, okay, so Angry Birds, obviously it's not, it's been it's seen slight, by more people. It's but slightly bigger. I reckon the people who like what we do, I reckon they appreciate it on a different I'm going to say higher level than even the most dedicated Angry Birds fan. Like, there's no one out there who's just like, oh, fuck, this is great. The way I punched that pig off its podium. 80 million. Sorry, sorry, it was 300. It was I've lost the, It was 300 million oh, okay. worldwide, I think. I've lost the exact thing. That's... 352 million dollars worldwide. Oh, I was going for North American. What, what was it, North American? Oh, North American, 110. Oh, okay, I wasn't too far off. No, I mean, it is a shame that that's the case, isn't it? But also it does show that a third of the people, basically, who watched that film were in the US. And that's, you know, that kind of shame, says it all. yeah. 43% Rotten Tomatoes, uh, average rating of 4.9. The Angry Birds movie is substantially more entertaining than any film adapted from an app has any right to be, <laughs> which may or may not be much of an endorsement. That's, <laughs> That's a great review. It's a really good thing to say. Ultimately, said Lindsay Barr of the Associated Press, the Angry Birds movie does a decent job exploring the merits of anger. It's no inside out. The, mer- <laughs> but it has the merits of anger. That's a ridiculous thing to say. I'm really annoyed, you could say angry, Uh that they bothered to try and actually incorporate anger as an element into the plot, and it wasn't just about birds. This is good as well. Someone called Alonzo Duralda wrote for the rap. Let's be clear then. The Angry Birds movie isn't pointless because it's based on an app. It's pointless because it's pointless. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, and someone... Kind of unfortunately, in the New York Daily News, said the Angry Birds movie is just foul. Oh. Bird Do you know what the plot is? Do you have any like vague sense of where they'd go? With it? I don't want to know. It is interesting that the beginning of the plot uses no, two. I, I meant that in a very sincere two way. Adjectives I don't. that you wouldn't expect: a reclusive, temperamental bird named Red. <laughs> named Red. That's lazy. Lives in a village on Bird Island with other flightless birds. Bird. Bird Island, Island. yes, very clever. When his temper causes... Oh, 
When his temper causes a premature hatching of another bird's egg, he is sentenced to take an anger management class. <laughs> That's really dark. Isn't what it? does he do to an egg? He clearly tried to like force some kind of termination of the egg pregnancy, it sounds like oh, to me. God. The pregnancy. Um, Red's classmates, Chuck, who is hyperactive and can move at the speed of light, and Bomb, who can cause explosions, try to befriend him, but he avoids it. Bomb. Who Bomb. can cause explosions. Yeah, it's it's a good name, isn't it? Are you class of, are you giving that the official task stamp? Little good ding, name. Good name. I'm not gonna read the rest, but it Thank involves you. someone called King Mudbeard. Uh they are oh, in one of the set pieces they have to use a slingshot to attack by launching themselves over the walls ah, and into the city's buildings, destroying them. I see, I see. Red battles King Mudbeard for an egg, and then uh the pigs survive. And Mudbeard plots to steal the eggs again. Hence the sequel. There's also a song in it and a mid-credit sequence in which three bluebirds slingshot themselves into the ocean. So it's kind of an all-round victory for cinema. One of the other things that upset me that you may or may not have seen as well uh, is that the York Student Union. Oh, that's where we went, isn't it? The York. Mm. The York University. Yeah. It's where we met, in fact, isn't it? They did a tweet mm-hmm. about the new sabbatical officers. Good tweet. Um, well, I, I'm not really here to judge the actual quality of the tweet itself. I guess you should err on the side of, well done for tweeting it then. Um, no. No? Okay. That's <clears throat> uh, an interesting cynicism. I never quite understood why they call themselves sabbatical officers. I suppose it's... Because they're taking a sabbatical of year off study, import, Self-importance. Well, that as well, yeah. Because they could just call themselves officers. Are they well paid, are they? when you Because you get paid like a full-time job, don't you? Better paid you know? than I was at university. Well, yeah, I made minus money. Very much a lot <laughs> of it. <laughs> um, but they were tweeting out who their new sabbatical officers were for nice. like sport, activities. Right. President. Everything else. Prez? I don't think Prez, no. Oh, still um, Callum Taylor, isn't it? Special K. <laughs> still there eight years later. Popping up those cereal boxes Can't all stop. over the fucking Can't gap. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, but I was angered. Go on. By their names. Now that seems unfair, doesn't it? Because what's in a name? Shakespeare asked, and they okay. said nothing. There's so I'm going to read you their names. Yep. And you just tell me if you still agree with okay, yourself. Okay, go on. They are called... Finn. Finn, like a shark's fin, like mm-hmm. shark fin soup. One N. One N. Finn. Hmm. Zach. Z-A-C. No H. Okay. Effie. Effie from Skins. James. Oh, that's normal. And James. J- Double James. Double James. That's the platform they ran on as well, I expect. The and J's. it just, to me, yeah. highlighted again... Something that I had managed to repress, uh-huh. uh, which is the utter pointlessness of all student politics. Oh, why is that? Because those people can't run shit. How do you know? You can't run something if your name's Finn. Come on, think of all the great Finns. Yeah. Take a moment. Gosh, you're right. Who did you no. come up with? <laughs> uh, I came up with Gerald Finn. What about the good Zacks with just a C? Uh, Goldsmith. Oh, he's oh, not good. Wait, no, he's a, a racist. racist campaign against Sadiq Khan yeah. in the London mayoral election. Any others? Not that I know, but I'm Effie's. Not... Effie from Skins. Fictional. Yeah, in a way. Would you make her prime minister? Sure. 
<laughs> at this point, anyone. <laughs> and what about James and James? Double James, kind of standard. I thought your criticism was going to be that they all sound very middle class. Yeah, well, that is very it much as from well. the same, yeah. uh, I guess, strata of society. Yeah. Again, the- we're, we're guessing there, but also it's based I- on the fact that everyone who was ever involved in student politics during our tenure at the was university. debilitatingly middle class. Very much so. Now, I just just another quick question. Go on. And I know it's you I'm know full it's of difficult answers. in York, but you know, just judging by the names, uh-huh. any guesses as to the races? I would imagine involved? that it is a what we call in politics a dulux whitewash, which is where you just get the paint can, splash it right up the wall. And hope for the best. That's a pretty good guess. But that, you know, in a way, they're being quite representative because York clearly has a problem <laughs> admitting students because of everyone anyway. there was white. Yeah, everyone who wasn't Chinese yep. was white, pretty much one hundred percent. And then the only, as we have probably never talked about on the show, we were involved in drama stuff at uni, and um, I think during the whole time I was there, I was aware of maybe two or three black people being involved in drama there. And they were, coincidentally, the only two or three black people I was aware of at, at the, the university. university. It's in the city. It's crushingly white. <laughs> it's really... I mean, yeah, and York as well, because it's like north of England <laughs> yeah. town. Very, very white. Um, Kwame, I guess he won't mind us using his name, because I don't think he, he listens. doesn't listen. <laughs> don't think <laughs> he ever Kwame, knew who we were. get in touch. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Was, he auditioned for... Something. I can't remember what the play was. You might know more of the details. Yeah, so, uh, well, we know about this mainly because I was in a show. Basically, there was a, sh- a, a new play every week uh-huh. at the uh, at the drama Which society. Which, you're right, is a bad idea. Oh, but it meant that there was such a plethora of, of good art. the same play. What's that? The importance <laughs> of being earnest. Better shut that on again. <laughs> um, and at the end of the year... There was a an evening where it oh, I can't remember what it was called. Reduced. That was it. The drama stock reduced. It's a very kind of self congratulatory masturbation affair. That's the occasionally one. had funny elements that were probably struck from the main show by yeah. overzealous <laughs> bureaucrats. Yeah, and that was the experience here. Was that myself and a friend Jamie Bowman were involved in the cast? Yes, and basically the cast you like write this play and it you go week by week it's just a a set of sketches sending up all of the plays from that from that year and the people involved Uh, because the the whole society is so insular that everyone is aware of every in joke you could possibly make it's one big in joke yeah that not very many people laughed at i think that's why i didn't work for me reduced because i didn't go and see anything i wasn't in and even then i wouldn't always go and see no (laughs) (laughs) you're only half there (laughs) i as a fucking kite i do i semi-conked out on the zans (laughs) i've got my cheat sheet of when i need to speak (laughs) and other than that only sometimes what he needs to say that works i took the cheat sheet method to the royal festival hall in front of an audience of a thousand and made it work on the day i took it on tour Wow, all the way to Australia. Yeah, that cheat sheet's been around the world. It was in the back pocket of my costume until... Uh, was that your normal costume or your dog costume? My normal costume, because I wore my white trousers under the dog costume, oh, which I only wore for right. between five to eight minutes of the show. Oh, that's fair um, But once upon a time... You were probably time, aware that it was your turn to speak during... 
turned the, the dog away because it was just a spotlight yeah. on this dog. So I was like, "Fuck, I better speak." <laughs> what about that time when I my song that I had to do as a dog was called "A Dog's Life"? It was a nice song written by Ian Hill. He's very good. Um, but it starts with this repetitive bum 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 bum, like just a nice little ostinato to kind of set the mood. Weird, like smoky vibe, and. I there's no way of knowing which bar you're on unless you count which bar and it was only like a four bar intro but one night we had someone in the audience who just decided to make a screech at like maybe bar two or something right. and I was like oh that's interesting and then the mu- listened kind of listened back to the music I was like don't know where I am anymore <laughs> and then you just have to be like let's try singing now it's a dog oh <laughs> I'm a crazy dog ba ba da ba da the only time I ever fucked up actually in that show because of the cheat sheet was in a song called End Your Life, which is a verbatim song based on real reasons people have given for going to Dignitas and ending their lives, as the song would suggest. But I had a line that was something like, I'm trans and the op went wrong. I'm deaf and might go blind before too long. And I completely forgot the end part of it and just said, I'm, well, it's all gone wrong. <laughs> just threw over to the next person it was a shame oh no I'm a pro though that's what they say they say you're a pro Isaac and I say was (laughs) but anyway so uh, one of the jokes that myself and Jamie wanted to do was about this particular incident as a a send up of York's own insufferable whiteness but specifically the drama societies which as you can imagine is like the middle class, the whitest of, of the class. white, yeah. Um, which was that um, a guy called Joe had done a, a very original, it has to be said, uh-huh. version of Alice in Wonderland. Wow, but, hang no, on. no, 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 hang on. But it's where it was actually, it was actually just drugs. She wasn't in one, hang she's on. like Alice, like a, but she's a child, but no, but a in drug this, child, no, but in this, she's like a bit older. And it's not, she doesn't actually go to, it's not a dream, it's a trip. Ah, that's cool and original. Not done before. What's great about like any time Alice in Wonderland comes back is that there's always such a big gap before and after each production. It really gives you time to (laughs) to to just just move away from the piece, digest (laughs) it, and then go and see what maybe Exeter's student society is. It wasn't the case that that year York took two different Alice in Wonderland plays to the Edinburgh Fringe. I can't imagine they'd have been that foolish. Oh, well, no, well, they did, no, no. Well, they did take two. Right, but they were probably very different because Well, one was such... for kids and one was for not oh, kids. Oh, that's fine then, yeah. In one, it was drugs. Oh, was that the kids' one? No. It was like, don't do drugs or you'll meet a big rabbit. Never, ever, 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 ever do drugs. Exactly. That's the song. No, so... So it was a very good show. Uh, I'm, you know, I didn't see it. Me neither. But I, no, we assume it was very good because they say I, we always assume the best. I haven't. But anyway, uh-huh. uh, the story came through that Kwame, who was a very good actor from like the few moments that I did see him. When yeah, I, I saw him in something where he was good. We saw him in... Um, he did a Shakespeare thing, I'm sure. Yeah, and he did... Uh, he had a role in Clockwork Orange as well that yes. we did go to see, um, where he was good in a bad show. God, Clockwork Orange, the play. Have a read of it, guys. It's, it's atrocious. It's really bad, isn't it? It's very poor. I wonder why, because it's the same guy who wrote it, isn't it? Yeah, it's because he wrote it in like a day or something, because he hated Phoned the film, uh, which is why there's that like cut scene at the end where 
a Stanley Kubrick looking oh, yeah. guy comes on and then they kick him to death. Very good. Anthony Burgess, very not petty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they That's called his him. Headstone. That was his nickname in the in- in the industry. Lovely. Um but yeah, Kwame, who was a very good actor, had come along and auditioned for like Alice. one of the lead roles. It wasn't for Alice. Maybe the Mad Hatter, but, the Rabbit. Yeah, something like that. So, but then had been cast as the drug dealer. Yeah. He was the only black male actor in the whole society. And they were like... And they cast him as the drug dealer. Yeah. And we wanted to do a joke where um, someone came on and like titted about in a costume, did no uh, actual audition. Uh-huh. And Jay sat there and went, you are Alice. I can see it now. And then someone came on who would have been white, but wearing a badge that said Kwame. There were uh-huh. no plans for blackface. Well I want that done. Oh, <laughs> hats off. Um, and do a really like touching five minute kind of Shakespearean soliloquy. Yeah. And then have Joe sit there and go, yes, that's the drug dealer. (laughs) But we were told Uh that our sketch was racist. Your sketch about potentially pointing out a a systemic, at least racial bias. That was racist. In the casting of Drama Sock was in fact racist and might actually upset people. It might upset all the white people who were coming to watch it. Who were coming and probably being the racists themselves. (laughs) You know some of them. God, yeah. That's a shame. So and, and therefore relevant to the podcast. There you go. Hold it back. That's why it's taken Hold all this time. Back. So we've got a dishwasher. God, yeah. So when Declan said he was having a good time, or at least life was looking up, or whatever he said, foolishly, he seemed to forget that every time I've seen him in the last few days, he's been neck deep in still water, the bottom of a dishwasher full of sludge. Take us through how it happened. Well, how it happened was thusly. Yeah. I went to bed very late, Mm -hmm. as in to say for most people, very early. Yeah. Um, And my girlfriend got up at a probably normal time Uh on Saturday morning. Very early. And then came in to say, oh, dishwasher seems to be broken. And I was like, hmm, well, I'm asleep. So (laughs) not of huge importance to me. And then she left and then she came back and was like, it's actually really quite broken. Like, there's a lot of fucking horrid water. Sludge water. And I was... She didn't use that term, but That's retrospectively, it is yeah. correct. And I was like, mm, still asleep, so sorry about that. Can't use, bother me in dream world. Use some other dishes. <clears throat> and then she came in and was like, right, you have to fucking fix the dishwasher. Get up. And I was like... Oh. So have I you ever up. indicated a particular affinity with the dishwasher? Yeah, I'm. I'm. They call me the dishwasher whisperer. That's very offensive, mm. and I'm sorry that you've been reduced <laughs> to such a simplistic term. So I came in, and she'd taken the bottom drawer out, uh-huh. and there, in the bottom, was some of the most troublingly coloured mm. sludge water. Sludge water, yeah. That one could ever hope never to see mm-hmm. or smell. Uh, I bet. Well, this is the thing. I never smelt it, which is kind of why I think I was pulled in for the job because I have That's a, a dreadful sense of smell. Mm-hmm. I, I can barely smell anything. That's really useful. And so I was there and I couldn't really smell any of it. You should go into sewage. And I don't mean professionally. <laughs> I just want <laughs> to dive into out. that sucker. <laughs> See what happens. Um, 
so I was like, oh, okay. And she's standing by the door going, God, it's the worst it is, smell. It is a really kind of particular. I kind of, I got, interestingly, I got like a bit of it later, like from the t-shirt that I've been wearing mm, while I was fixing nice. it. I could kind of just about get it. But, and it, I, I will admit it was pretty horrid. Yeah. But that may just have been me. <laughs> it's weird how some smells like they're just, they exist in such a different scent realm to others. Like most things, even really horrid smells, like shit in a public bathroom it exists at the kind of far end of a spectrum of foul smells that you're quite familiar with day to day but then every so often the example i'm always drawn back to is the smell of a tooth being ground down like i have a crown from where i cracked a tooth and the smell of presumably like burning tooth is so so specifically burnt into my memory and it's just horrid I do wonder why we perceive some things as horrible smells. Mm. Because it's not just about strength. And some also, really strong smells are really nice. Yeah, there's no evolutionary drive to not eat your own teeth. Because there's, you just can't really do that. There's so, no evolutionary drive uh, for like to avoid dishwasher sludge water. No, and some have said that evolution doesn't even know about dishwashers yet. I think that was pretty form- well formalised. Yeah, yeah, that's one of Darwin's key tenets. <laughs> he was like, they won't know. <laughs> He the monkeys, the monkeys, they did the chaffinches. They didn't know yeah. about the dishwasher. That's why none, the none of this is about avoiding or going towards the dishwasher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but yeah, this as well. Like, it's such a particular um, foul, but kind of like a dry foul, like dead smell. I really I, recommend it, guys. And if anyone wants me to kind of bottle some air and ship it off, yeah, you'll, you'll just have a to small do that. Patreon donation, and that's yours. Next time it happens, we'll. We were like bottle some, we could sell it as merch, maybe. Yeah, tomorrow, you say. Yeah. So, um, so, one of the things to check is the filter, uh-huh. which actually came out quite easily. Good. And it came out really easily, which was nice. Yep. But then, two not nice things. Go on. One, nothing happened. <laughs> all <laughs> the, all the water remained. stayed exactly where it was. This was not the problem. Um, and the second horrible thing was that the filter mm. was coated in some of the most abhorrent slime you could, again, ever hope I think never to see. slime is generous for this particular amalgamation of hell. It was tumorous. It's like a sort of living bread sauce quality. Have you ever had like a thick bread or onion sauce? Yeah, it was also a bit like, you know when you use the rice cooker? Yeah. And then there's that scum at the bottom if it like goes a bit wrong. Yeah, but that's kind of plasticky. That's got a tacky yeah, quality. Yeah, but it's this- like just... Just before it reaches that point, that like while it's still cooking, it's got oh, okay. that kind of thickness to There's it. a viscosity that really gets you. It's one of those things that I'm sure, you know, there's that, what is it like, trypophobia, that where it's like all those little holes people are scared of. It's a very popular internet thing. What I do bet, you mean? Give me a second to Google. Fill for me. So while Isaac Googles fear of tiny holes... There you what go. I'll say, I was right. Trypophobia. So that all these images are like, give it a Google image if you want, guys. I mean, it's very horrid. It, I think yeah, but it's, it's just the fear of... But it doesn't exist. Those it does. All... It's, it's a thing. The irregular patterns or clusters of small holes or bumps. Yeah, but none of those examples were real. It was just no, know, a bunch people, of them in the middle of the hand. Yeah, people make like fake versions of it to freak oh, people right. out. Because apparently it's quite common. Oh, okay. But yeah, I imagine if you had a particular version, which I think, I hope, is an essential human quality to living or semi-sentient white thick sludge that looks like it's quivering under its own mm. sentience 
then uh, you'd be really fucking freaked out by our dishwasher. Yeah, it was it was clung to that stuff to the point that we left it to soak in yeah. uh, really hot water filled with soap for an hour mm. and lifted it out and. There was no, like, nothing. Had if changed. anything, it nothing was feeding on it. <laughs> like it. It reminds me um, of, uh, I went through a phase at, at uni of watching loads of these uh, really awful B-movie horrors <sighs> that were on Netflix at the time. And they've all got kind of really short names where they were all kind of very bad concept horrors. Very like, bad and very specific, like, slug concepts, yeah. Slugs was one, which I recommend we watch. Because slugs, it is, is it like an exclamation mark? Is it like, slugs? slugs. I think it's, it's just slugs. slugs. Simple. Slugs. It's one where it's all caps, so you don't need the exclamation mark. It makes itself known. It's so important that it's not just slug. It's slugs. Slugs. They're yeah. all it wasn't about one big slug. No. It was about several regular it. sized, though irregularly powerful uh, slugs. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, but... One of them was called, (laughs) it almost felt like a parody Mm. of these things that were in themselves sort of semi-parodies of horror anyway, because it had taken this generic one-word element to the ultimate bland conclusion. And it was a film called The Stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And it was ostensibly about this haunted ice cream product that was being sold. How did it get to be haunted? Do you well, know? Well, get this. It's because it wasn't ice cream. Fuck. How did they not know that at the time? Well, here's what happens. This is how the movie sets up. Okay. Because obviously you like to have a little cold open sometimes. I love in it. Horror, especially in something like that where it's like, well, how would that just come to be in You've the factory? You've got to allay the scepticism. Right? You know, where does this singularly tasty and yet ultimately horrifically dangerous mm. and haunted ice cream come from? Yeah. And what they th- said was, don't you worry, we've got you. <clears throat> Picture the scene. It's an American film. Mm-hmm. You might have guessed. It's nighttime. Okay, I'm there. We're somewhere in the very north of North America. Mm. Okay. And uh, we're way out in the sticks somewhere. And it's snowing. Oh, God. We're inside a kind of uh, wire fenced off area for a factory. Mm. There's sort of searchlights illuminating the entire grounds. And there is an elderly, slightly overweight security guard. Okay. I think I've seen one of him before. He's wandering around in the snow, just doing his rounds. He's got a little torch in case there are any areas not quite illuminated enough. Uh He's trudging through this snow. Humdrum, is it kind of like just a normal night? Absolutely. Couldn't be more regular. Nothing's ever happened there before. No, nothing will ever happen there again. Except for the fact that he he does a double take. He he just sort of semi-nodded at this bit of snow, like, yep, normal snow. But then he turns around and looks back and sees that the snow is bubbling. Bubbling snow? It's bubbling snow. On Jesus' earth? And he realises it's not snow at all. It's a sort of thicker, slimier substance than snow. And there it is, bubbling away, right in the middle. Same colour. It's ungodly. Different consistency. He bends down. That's an error. Don't bend too close to it, Phil. Now... You've got five seconds. Okay. This happens to you. What? First instinct. Run. Oh, I'm afraid you got it wrong. Oh. The correct answer is 
dip your finger in it and have a taste. (laughs) That was my second option. Scooped it up, had a taste and went, wow, this is delicious. And kept going back for more the greedy cunt. (laughs) The stuff. Right, so at the moment they've just set up a delicious alien substance with no like negatives. It doesn't end on a down note. He doesn't nope. explode or nope. like become. It's just like a flash. It's just really, eye, like, it's really delicious. Oh. We should watch the trailer afterwards. Okay, it's, yeah, it's really, it's it's uh, also a, a thing about these films is that they all reach a point where because the I'm going to say narrative, <laughs> but only for want of a, a more accurate uh-huh. word, realizes that it can't actually sustain itself on the very thin grounds of there's some haunted there's ice some cream stuff. There are some slugs. Yeah. And what it has to do instead is imagineer mm. a B story. And this film ended up being like fucking an hour and 50 minutes or something. Wow. Because there was just a bit where for honest to God, an hour, there was no mention or sighting of this stuff. <laughs> like she just like drives away somewhere. She's on the road for a bit. She's like chatting to a guy. She goes to the forest and then like, plunges back into the store it's like anyway this stuff's everywhere i like that idea though because it's like it almost does something it it subverts the melodrama that most horror and like genre film has where it's like this is the end of the whole world if she's able to just drive away from (laughs) this stuff and they show for like an hour she had a check everywhere else and um, she's like flicking through TV news, like, where is it? And they're just like, a dog walked into the park today. Turns out this ice cream's not that great, but, but we're now. leaving it all where it lives. <laughs> Squirrels on skis. <laughs> Another one that I've told you about before called Monster Humanoids from the Deep. Mm. They um, only realized that it wasn't long slash good enough yeah. uh, to be released after they'd wrapped on Damn. filming. That happens to us every episode. I know. <laughs> And uh, that the actual film was only about 50 minutes long, mm-hmm. barely as long as Dumbo. Oh. Um, and so what they decided was that they would retroactively edit in a B story. Clever. But everyone apart from one guy, Blanket refused to take <laughs> part. So their B story is obviously a kind of weirdly exploitative... Is there a word for that? If it's about Native Americans? For Native American exploitation? Yeah, in the film. But yeah, um, where the B story is about, oh, the you know the Native Americans aren't happy because... Because of, of these because monsters of their, from the deep? Because of the land. Oh, right. So it's not specifically because of the monsters from the deep. It's actually nothing to do with the monsters from the deep. So what the film is saying is that these monsters are bad... Racism and colonialism are worse. Exactly, yeah. The imperialist theft of land is worse. But also, it was sort of on the side of the white people. Oh, no. They fell into that trap. (laughs) They were close close to to a message. But yeah, so. And you, you know, like B stories tend to introduce themselves into any story, Mm. um, kind of surreptitiously at first. And then. And then they wind themselves into the story. And even ones that kind of are completely separate, they're interspersed throughout. And yeah, exactly. Relevant. They have a similar message or, or whatnot. So this one, you know, the these characters turn up at one of the bars after there's been a fight between oh, maybe some scientists and the police. I don't know. And maybe a monster from the deep. No, no, not a monster. Oh. 
actually very little of the monsters. Okay. <laughs> but um they're a high budget creature effect. And you're like, wow, okay. Like wonder what this is about. You mm. know, it's interesting. You're trusting the director different, to be yeah. like, I can't see how these are gonna mesh, but no. I'll go with yeah, it. Different motives at play, maybe, yeah. you know, who's are they on the side? You know, that would be a, another racist yeah. uh plot point, but you think it's probably wouldn't put it past them. Exactly. Um and then the second time these characters show up, you're like, hmm, that interaction didn't really have much to do with the with the main story either but you know whatever and then by the fourth time they've turned up you're like this is just a this is another (laughs) film (laughs) this is another short film so they've just slashed into the middle of the other one they it felt like they just cut at random and just popped it in good on them i say you think it's good i think more more films (laughs) because it speaks to the chaos of life like we don't our lives don't have b stories do they not ones that we're of aware course of. they do. Yeah, but not ones that have any, like, thematic relevance. It's all in hindsight that we narrativize and like, oh, that thing the old lady at the bus stop said to me really ties into what this week was about. <laughs> do you have that have every week? very, very she long just, sessions. You, you, like, wander past. She's like, oh, Isaac. The geese are laying on the Western Front. And I'm like, okay, thanks, Mildred. Like, wow. And then you go I really, home, like, I really... God, should I reassess really my goals. Read, read Wilfred Owen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that the stuff was delicious because we had a small discussion and it turned out that you'd had a discussion with your girlfriend about how much it would oh, cost yeah. for you to devour <laughs> the scum from the dishwasher. And it turned out for you, the price was, was almost nothing. Yeah. One, one month's rent. <laughs> well, that was just for a spoonful though. Yeah. But I, I get to choose the spoonful and you better believe it's going to be heaps. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking ladle. <laughs> it's going to be a pulsating ladle. <laughs> Living. <of> sludge. <laughs> with assorted, like there's some floating peas in there. Yeah. Really horrible. I made the mistake of, of once when I, I presume drunk. Uh-huh. Uh, admitting to my girlfriend the very cheap ploy of the how much would it cost game and now she refuses to play it anymore oh why well because she knows that all i'm going to do is keep lowering the amount a little bit and being like really you wouldn't do it for this that's not a ploy that's the essence of the game i know but she's like she's like but then it's just pointless because and and i think without saying so was like because I'll probably always say yeah. <laughs> That's how I always think about it. Oh dear. I, because I, you know, someone's like, oh, to drink the dishwasher water, how much? You're like, 50 a million pounds. Oh, I've lowballed. And then <laughs> someone goes, you wouldn't do it for 50 grand. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'd fucking do it for 50 grand. <laughs> you wouldn't do it for 25 grand. Would you do it for, would you do it for a hundred pounds? You're like, a high five, um, perhaps. <laughs> Would you people... do it just so I can film you doing it and put you on the internet? We'll monetize saying, it. Saying this goblin drinks the dishwasher. <laughs> Every day when we're not looking. Yeah, I think people in those games really poorly estimate or conceptualise how much money is at stake. Because I don't believe... They certainly overestimate their own worth. Yeah, to be like, no, I wouldn't do it for 50 grand. You fucking would. <laughs> I'm here to say... If, I, if it were on the table... Dishwasher water. If it were on the table... Right there, yeah. and you got it immediately. I I don't know. Cup a single of dishwasher person. water, briefcase of fifty grand. You down one, take the other, and vomit <laughs> straight off. Smack the cunt in the face who yeah. gave you the money. Spit it all right back. I think it's good to do all that, and I think it's good to buy so for in you those then, games. I'd do it for ten grand. I'd do it for five grand. I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because you you do instantly think, yeah, ten grand. So I was like, 
Nine grand? Well, yeah, obviously not. Well, then nine's basically ten. It's like that. Two? Um, well, that's it's basically like that, seven. It's like that paradox about the the unexpected hanging. Yeah. Whereas, like, because he wasn't expecting it, because he wasn't expecting it any day, it like, ha- could happen any time. It, yeah. It's also like the when does a grain, when do grains become a pile? Yeah. What's it called? Like the ship of Theseus. Theseus, is it? Like if you replace all the planks yeah. of wood, at what point is it a different ship? It's like every bit of philosophy yeah. that's ever been, basically. God, it's all it's the same bullshit. questions and having a degree in it. Yeah, when is firm. a thing a thing? Yeah, and it turns out it's when someone gives you a grand to eat sludge, <laughs> dishwasher based or otherwise. 8.50? Sold. <laughs> Why not? Um, look, we've got just a couple of things here that I found. There are questions to ask your grandparents. The reason I thought about them was because I was overhearing a conversation on a train the other day where it was an old man talking to possibly a stranger, possibly a like grandparent, a grand, not his grandparent because they're very much corpses these mm. days, but maybe like a grandchild or maybe the parents of a grandchild. But they were doing that thing where at a certain point in your life, you apparently develop the ability to pinpoint with perfect accuracy the exact year that anything happened to you that's something that i don't have and i don't ever foresee it occurring i wonder if that's something that is lost because of the internet as well because like i don't have to remember what year something happened i just like look at my own twitter or look at like google photos like oh it's 2014 i suppose so but then i i'm i don't remember any the year of anything from my life unless they're like big identifiable milestones like the like, millennium i know i know the millennium <laughs> happened yeah i know i joined Pretty secondary sure, school yeah. in 2005 I know it's and 2000 i therefore left in 2012 yeah, the amount of it's really odd like they say once you leave secondary school like even gcse is the exams you do at the end they don't really matter but <laughs> several times a week i have to perform a quick calculation of like right i started in 2004 left in 2009 so this must have been like 2011 that this happened it's it's basically the only metric i have for when stuff was yep. which seems odd because like you talk to the average old person who still has some semblance of faculties and they're like yes it was 1938 and me and dolores were going up the hill and then the 43 bus a drove cold past. wednesday i recall i'd just been at church the wednesday service of the, course it was the third prime number day of the month <laughs> a crescent moon i believe waxing in the east that's beautiful gibbous <laughs> mercury in retrograde simpler times fewer blacks the pollen count was <laughs> it was a country you could be proud of then a white nation for white folk god old people are horrid and racist aren't they but it made me think about like the way we talk to old people and the way we kind of fetishize them as vessels of experience turns out there's a lot of like writing that's been done about it particularly from like ancestry sites down to these really weird articles that are ostensibly friendly ways of like this is how to you know sit down with your grandma and just get her to pour out all these experiences but they're written in like what's the first album you ever bought and when's the first time you used a prophylactic it starts with (laughs) stuff like that but it goes into like the tone becomes like quite antagonistic like you're interrogating your grandma like Uh, cut the bullshit (laughs) gran what were you doing in the 50s okay we know it was racist we just know it they're in which old. year was it that you first felt the crushing <laughs> inevitability of death? Yeah, there are things like, that goes from being like, this is a nice way to relate to someone from a generation that, especially because we're about, I guess we're like the cusp of our grandparents remember the war. Like the next set of grandparents 
increasingly less yeah. until there's another great big war that perhaps we'll be in to tell our probably <sighs> you nuclear tell mutated kids, grandchildren you about tell it. your kids about Iraq god they won't shut up about it I'm going to have <laughs> Blair was a criminal t-shirts for all of them at their christening ceremonies but yeah I thought we'd just go through I found like 20 questions I'm not going to go through many of them but I just want you to try and understand the mindset that we're going for and maybe answer them as you as a grandparent okay. would be want to do so they start with some simple things perhaps too simple with what is your name <laughs> which if you're asking your own Grandma, grandparent what is your name <laughs> all the better to call me with dear but then it has like did you have any nicknames which is a question i've never asked my grandparents because it can only end up poorly they called me the bike <laughs> like it's not gonna be good is it <laughs> TP, they called me <laughs> toilet paper. No, no, town pump. <laughs> it's stuff that you don't really want to know. Although the past, they were really big on nicknames, weren't they? Go on. At least it's filmically. On this theory. Certainly, like in America, like you, you had to have a nickname. As it, was, going, it was more important than your actual name. Uh huh. You know, that's why, like, all the kids in like the Beano or something, they've all everyone's got a nickname, which I think kind of defeats the purpose. It should, you know, come organically, shouldn't it? Yeah. You shouldn't like have Like Horrid to have Henry books, where it's like Horrid Henry, Perfect Peter, Dickhead Dave, Hated Him. <laughs> Wanker William. That's him. Um, it goes quite quickly into making some assumptions about our grandparents that, for mine, are broadly true and accurate. But in your religion, what callings or positions have you served in? So how are you going to answer that when, like, a mini Delane... Hello, Grandpa. What position have you served in your village? Well, I once... Why have you gone northern, Grandpa? I spent the latter years of my life in the Yorkshire Dales. Oh, and it changed your accent? That was it, yes. Okay, well... You had two to fit in round here. (laughs) They'll shoot a southerner on sight. Oh, God. So, go on. How would you tell... What would you say to I'd say that I once... I want the only position I've held in the church is that I once I was baptized and then I once threw a sulk because I had to go to church on Christmas Day and I wanted to play with my Godzilla toy. You'd already opened the Godzilla toy before church. Yeah, we opened the that, toys. God hates that, honestly. Like you <laughs> fucked it there, mate. Godzilla before God. That's you're a total dead sod. That's why yeah. I now don't go to church, you see. I just because, open the presents because oh. I know he'd be at every year I have to do this like okay, check oh, We've opened the presents. Yeah. We can't go now. Oh, no. Because God will be fucking... Yeah, he'd smite you. And yeah. worse, the other parishioners who probably didn't uh, desecrate his name and memory yeah. would be caught up in the turmoil because he's quite loose and, when he fires the bolts. And as well, like, I'd be wearing all my swag new clothes uh-huh. and I wouldn't want to embarrass everyone because that kind of jealousy is a, is a sin for them. And you don't want to make them sin on Christmas. Yeah, like if they're coveting thy neighbour's Godzilla, that's death, Mm. isn't it? That's hell. That's it. Straight. There's no like coming back. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Turn into a pillar of salt on the spot. Um, It's got some questions that are very specific memory based things. And it's got me thinking again about like what people tend to ask grandparents. There seems to be a lot of chat about like food. Like, what did you eat? What were sweets that you ate in your day? This one, for example, is... Do you remember when they invented the Frutella just to have a cubic sweet? Oh, yes, in the talk of the town it was, love. <laughs> Before those days, we were always cutting ourselves on a Toblerone edge. 
tore our community apart and <laughs> did it were worse than the apartheid. The wars. <laughs> Some people never come back from those. But yeah, they're like, there are three in a row. What was your favourite sweet growing up? What was your favourite treat to eat as a youth? Basically the, the same, same question. <laughs> and then which, if any, confectionaries did you witness? <laughs> Just synonymed it. Did you, confectionaries did you witness? Did you witness? Did you make that up? No, did you witness the start of it was? or like the Wow, like my question yeah. about the Frutella. So what would you say to Jimmy? No. <laughs> no, Jimmy, I'm not your real grandpa. I remember when they stopped advertising Umbongo. Oh, juice yeah, on the telly. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Um, I had to serve someone at the pharmacy the other day whose surname was Mbongo. Ah, and you didn't make any. I made no references, but in my head, I was ready to ask. <laughs> do they do they drink it in the do Congo you... <laughs> at all, or was that just a total lie made up by or... <laughs> racist juice company Inc. <laughs> Which we really should have seen coming, given the name. Given they incorporated Those them guys such a blatantly <laughs> offensive moniker. Um, how did you handle the stress? Is another question for the grandparent. That makes it sound like it was an event. Like yes, the, <laughs> the great stress of 49. <laughs> Better than your uncle. <laughs> what made you happy? Also suggesting that there's no longer <laughs> no. a possibility <laughs> What to made you happy? Like it was only once. There's also the final two that I mentioned are a classic. What's like your favourite thing about being a grandparent? That's a really good way to connect with a grandparent. Because they'll be like... Oh, it's well, lovely it's to not just, you. It's lovely to just re. It's it's like being a parent again without all the hassle and having to give birth and things like that. But then it's what's your least favorite thing about being a grandparent, which seems like a real can of worms to the looming spectre of death himself. It really puts I, me off. I remember for um, for uh, year six, we were studying oh. the Second World War, oh. and they were like, "Oh, why didn't you, you know, try and speak to your grandparents about it and try and." See, like, if they've got anything that you can maybe bring into school, oh, like, maybe that would be, like, interesting. Like the skull of Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Stolen from If he's got big, that. Yeah. It was just a government initiative to find it. <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> um, so my um, my mum was like, why don't, you, you know, we can ask Grandad if he could maybe, like, talk to you. But, like, they live, they live miles away. Uh-huh. Miles away from the wall. What do you mean? No, only in the sense that he lived literally more than one mile away from us. Oh, okay. Um, But mum was like, maybe you could get him to like write down some of his experiences. They love that. And so that we can, you know, and then people could read them. And turns out he did because he wrote fucking nine pages of it, which I never, ever, ever read. (laughs) (laughs) Treasure their memory. Mama was like, he's written something and then handed me this little like, you're one of those kind of, like a polythene, like oh, yeah, little folders yeah. that you kiss. And I was like, oh, wow. And then I pulled out and I was like, counting these pages. And I was like, fuck oh, me. They were boring and long-winded I, in the past. All, all I remember is that he, he started with, I was born in Poplar. And oh, I was like, okay, well, that'll there we do. go, that'll do. <laughs> just, did you just hand Tell it you what, the war <laughs> really affected the people of Poplar. What if he had like a really specific like he'd left you a kind of national treasure-esque quest that'd be amazing started like you hold out to the light and you say go to the popular treasure box sorry to tell you granddad it's in the bin (laughs) that's sad so yeah it's always good you know if your grandparents are still alive go and hug them and then don't listen to them too much because they'll fill your head with lies he's one of these people now who like he he he's one of the people who will moan Mm -hmm. that you never go and see him 
And then when you go and see him, tells you to fuck off. Yeah, like after maybe 15 minutes, he'll be like, oh, didn't you have somewhere to be? Be off, haven't you? (laughs) Now that he's kind of even older and even more senile, Uh he's taken the even more extreme route of just, even in the middle of his own sentences, he will go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's an absolute baller move. I guess it is, yeah. The balls on these old faces. It's very powerful. But yeah, that's uh, something we can come back to because I am interested in all this like old stuff. And you know, what, 25 is around the corner for you, isn't it? Mm. Any day now. You're well on your way to 30. I'm almost 53. (laughs) Did I tell you that fun story about when I went to the hair shop and got my hair cut? And he was like, I was looking at the hair as like... Just peering oh, through oh it. yeah. And he was like, You're looking for greys? So I was like, um, you know, I was just having a look. And he was like, How old are you, mate? I said, 25. He said, I Haven't got a chance. <laughs> You'll be grey before the week's out. I don't think it's true. I think he was joking. Uncle Leland, your hair's gone white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we've had an email. Right. Tat at shame.city is the address. We'll, we'll tell it to you again at the end. That's fine. I'll be honest, folks. I don't ever remember receiving this. It's email. a short one and it's confusing. So I can see why you might not have done. Many, many moons ago, and this may predate perhaps the majority of listeners' interest in the show, um, we were contacted by someone who we christened the Thought Monster because they emailed from thoughts at thoughts.thought, which (laughs) after extensive research, I can confirm is not an actual address. It took me several weeks. I had my best guys on it and they've all come up with nothing. They emailed Thought 2.1. You may remember that they always had like Thought and then a a cardinal number to just tell us what was going on. Thought 2.1 was a break from the tradition because normally they've been just your standard integers. Here we're breaking down into a decimal. decimal. Um, Another break from tradition is that there is no text to this thought. It is indeed just a YouTube link uh, to a very short, very worrying clip that portends problems in our immediate future okay why don't you just have a look hello boys i'm back back there with from independence day yeah but isolated into a seven second clip that i have seen and have forwarded on as a threat to us and the show it sounds like violence is in the midst it sounds like the thought monster has returned from whatever dismal quest or indeed potential like prison he was sent to. Or a to. kind of nasty demonic sleep where you commune with the I was the thinking of a demonic sleep like as well, yeah. 27 years, nope, try six months. That's the new <laughs> one. Take that Pennywise. So yeah, Thought Monster, um, keep them coming, I guess. Yeah, we, we, we could do with a, with a few. We'll see what we make of them every week. Declan, there are so many ways to get in touch with the show, aren't there? If you're a fucking horrible eldritch creature with more <laughs> philosophical horrors for us to, to ponder. And concern ourselves with. How about you get in touch via the old email? Mm. The electronic mail. Love Ding it. dong, you've got post. Yep. That would be TAS. T-A-S. At shame.city. That's the at sign, isn't it? Not the word at. Yeah, and when we say TAS, T-A-S, we mean, just mean T-A-S, right, yeah, You don't type TAS, T-A-S. TAS, that would be silly. That actually goes straight into a horrible inbox that replies with different brutal videos from, mm, from the day. It's really good. Wow, from back in the day. Yeah. 
Back before the old internet police. Well, out. yeah. God, you know what it is like these days. Yeah. You can't even send a beheading gift. There was a joke in Bojack Horseman because one of the plot points is that there's the... He's in his new show, Philbert. Oh, yeah. Where he plays a detective. <laughs> and there's like a, a montage going across uh, like a cork board with all of the ideas in typical like yeah, cliched uh, detective image. But only because that's how they do it. Yeah. And as it's like panning across one of them, one of the notes is just... Check dark web. Just pop into the dark web. <laughs> put your, you know, stick your nose around yeah. for a second, Ooh, horror, and then back out you go. Um, alternatively, you can. We're find not available on the dark web, are we? Well, maybe maybe we are. that's a market we're missing out on. God, all those horrible, definite creeper files. Uh, what else do we have? You can find us via the website. Soon to be shut down. <laughs> Uh, shame.city yeah. specifically shame.city slash contact if you wish to get in touch but have a look around the whole place it's a museum of fun there's the headshots yep. automatic writing yep. not the sort you're thinking not about not the altered state sort not the altered state yeah. just the regular state we can't put that stuff on the internet because it's too powerful uh, maybe if the, the altered state got out there then that would be the end of life as we know it and maybe I'm, maybe the dark web Place a good for place it. for it. Mm. I'll write up a little PDF and put some spooky characters in it. Yeah, I like that idea. Wingdings. <laughs> a little ghost watermark Ooh. over the whole thing. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah, I would. I would if I were you. The show can be found at That's a Shame cast. Yep. Isaac at Isaac BD. Myself yep. at D.E. Delane. Three for three. You said there's going to be some Twitter-only content. Yeah, how's that gone? Well, what? Well, no. Well, you said it, and so I. You didn't tell me what it was going to be. Did I make it? No. Well, no, I didn't know. <laughs> Just after the wrap. Did I conceive it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is something coming. Um, it will be a YouTube video, won't it? It's that thing we recorded. Oh my god! Yeah, exciting as fuck it is. It was, it's all right. It will pass the time. It's the it's kind fine. of thing that if I were you. I would put on the back, like on an iPad while you were cooking. Maybe yeah, definitely. perfect vehicle. Or maybe or like, as, you, as you're going to sleep. Or like maybe. while you're eating, but also maybe flicking through a document of the day's events. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Writing a diary entry, maybe. Exactly. Asking your grandparents what the great stress was like. <laughs> any of these things. The great stress of 63 was like. God, don't, don't speak <sighs> his name. If you have any advice about how to unblock a dishwasher, Isaac at Shame.City, put very urgent in the title <laughs> and we'll not flood. That'd be really good. Our last thing to mention, apart from reviews, shame.city slash review. Patreon.com slash shamecity. Yeah, well, that's what I was coming to. Oh, okay, sorry. Is that um, we're going to be well, doing... Well, don't say last. One of the last things to mention <laughs> before we get out of here is that we're going to be running a Patreon promo. Now, if that sounds confusing and ill-defined, that's because it is so far. and We haven't really nailed it down. We're thinking we're going to create a small exclusive batch of... Maybe stickers, something like that. Like nice ones. I'm not talking like fucking post-it notes that we've scribbled on. We're talking posters. We're talking die-cast stickers. A1. <laughs> I don't know what die-cast means, but it's always struck me as sounding good. And mm. I picture like a lot of metal being involved in the process. Almost like it's pouring paper into a mould. Here's here's a question. Go on. You know the phrase, a cakewalk? Yep. Is that... Because it's a combination of a piece of cake and a walk in the park. I hope so. Or is it... because it's, it's so what easy is, to... What is a cake you walk? chuck a lead on a cake. It's not going to stop you drag dragging it around the park, around. is it? <laughs> easy money. And then you can eat it too. Oh. You're welcome. Walk your cake and eat <laughs> it too. But yeah, so if you're not a patron yet, 
then stay tuned for that information. You get immediate access to like 14 or so episodes that are exclusive to the platform and there'll be some free stickers chucked in for a short time only. More details to come. If you are a patron, we'll probably send them to you as well because we owe you, you know, Why not? in a very real way. Yeah. Last but not least, Declan, there's a real sense of community building around the good ship shame in the way that ships always have because old people, they go on a cruise ship because maybe their family doesn't want to talk to them anymore. Maybe they've answered Definitely. all these questions and they've realised that there's not much of the interest. The font of knowledge about the past has been... Yeah, you can only hear about the fully drained. conception of Skittles 20 to 35 times before you want to shunt them off on a round-the-world cruise and just front the ticket. Especially first. when it's interspersed with all of that... Yeah regrettable troubling, xenophobia troubling isn't it those brexiteer olds um but nonetheless aboard this particular ship a ship of progress of humility of let's be honest camaraderie mm. we have a little saying don't we around these parts Do you want to say it? i'd like to say part of it i'd like you to pick up the slack just okay. demonstrating the power of friendship as an example and let's exemplar let's go for it i'm on board when i say one i want you to reply one a bomb. Wom. A bomb. Wom. A bomb. Wom. A bomb. <laughs> and that's it. We got a nice chorus on that. Wom. A bomb. That nice chorus. It's a good job that I don't remember what episode that was because I'd have deleted it from the feed. I can now. tell you that it's don't called Overdraft Street. <laughs> Word of mouth is best of mouth. And that might just sound like a beautiful bit of poetry. And, and it is. You're right because it came from me and what isn't. But it has a very real, very practical, very pragmatic meaning as well, which is this. We do more than nothing, not next to nothing, but a whole more than nothing, but in the downward sense, to advertise this show. The yeah. only way it will grow is basically by you guys just sort of shouting to each other that it exists and hoping that a third party overhears and is sufficiently interested that they go and take a look. I think that's how they got Jaws made. Yeah, so, well, he just shouted "Big Shark" over and over again. Big so Shark movie. So it's, it, it's, 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 there's, it's a shark. Does for the ocean what we're going to do for <laughs> the ocean? So yeah, stuff like that. Tell a friend. Tell one friend. Tell five friends. Maybe sit down and host a that's a shame party. Tell the same friend God, imagine five that. times. What if we could get people to sit in a room and listen to? Well, like those weird Avon parties. Or yeah. Like... Oh yeah, that'd be so good. We could record like a special greeting for them. Or like a special like party based like hello you're at the that's a shame papa party. <laughs> I'm glad that you went there when when you said a special greeting for them. Uh -huh. I went to that mental case from the Louis Theroux UFOs thing. He's like contacting control. <laughs> yeah, we'll do any of that. <laughs> but if you that would be cool, wouldn't it? Imagine if we could get the first that's a shame listening party to happen. Oh, wow, it's not gonna, but we can imagine, and God. it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be big. Um, so tell a friend, get that party going we'll send over supplies um sorry i meant plastic spiders i get them mixed up all the time it makes me very popular at halloween but very unpopular plastic suppliers yep that's what we call them until episode 106 which will be out on wednesday won't it yeah we're not planning to delay are we no we, we never plan to delay we just don't. although if we it's that, that's going to be the case we have to record before wednesday holy hell or really late. Okay. Well, we'll 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 sort that out. Don't worry, guys. Until then, I've been Isaac. You've been. I've been dead. We're going to catch you very, very soon. Bye, guys.
necessities The simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you Necessities of life will come to you. 